How's everyone doing? This is Nick Foles. Just entered the meeting. Hey, Nick. This is uh, Dan Wiederer from the Chicago Tribune. First of all, welcome to Chicago. First and foremost, Thank how you, would Dan. you describe how would you describe your motivation to show that you can be a, a successful full-time starter in this league? Uh, you know, I'm extremely excited about that opportunity. Um, obviously, you know, going my career has been an interesting curve. Um, the, it's been all over the place, which has honestly been allowed me to go through a lot of different things and gain a lot of wisdom from it. But, you know, the opportunity to be a full-time starter and, you know, make it through a season and do those things, that's something that I think <clears throat> any player would love to do in the right situation. So the opportunity to have that, uh, I'm excited for it. I really am. Hey, Nick, uh, this is Patrick Chinley from Chicago Sun-Times. Uh, curious, how was the starting job explained uh, to you? We just talked to Matt and Ryan, and, you know, they said that it's an open competition. Uh, what's that conversation like when you're hearing it on your end? Yeah, I mean, probably the same as uh, Coach Nagy um, and Ryan Pace um, just had with you all uh, about it, you know, being an open competition. Um, just going in there, doing want, want to do what's best for the team. Obviously, you know, Mitch has been there for several years and uh, knows this offense really well, the Chicago version. And, you know, but I'll be, you know, competing, but it'll be a healthy competition. You know, we're, you know, we've, Mitch and I have already talked and, you know, we, we want to start out on the right foot because ultimately it's about the Chicago Bears. It's not about the ego of the quarterbacks. Um, and I think that gets, you know, the quarterback competition becomes such a big thing in the NFL, which, you know, it is. Quarterback's an important position, but ultimately we have to do what's best for the Chicago Bears. So having a healthy quarterback room will be a big part of that. Um, but him and I were able to start out on the right foot with our discussions. And uh, ultimately it's just going in there and doing our jobs and supporting each other. And, uh, you know, the guy who can lead the team will lead the team. And uh, no matter who that is, like if it's Mitch, I'm going to be there to support Mitch. And I know that if it's me, Mitch will be there to, to support me. Um, but, yeah, it's, you know, competition. Obviously, I'm the, I'm the new guy coming in. Um, but, I, I, like I said, I'm excited to be a part of the um, Chicago Bears uh, organization and family. And I'm, I'm grateful for the McCaskey family uh, for allowing me to be a part of uh, their team and be a part of this city. So, truly grateful to them and Ryan Pace and Coach Nagy for, you know, making this happen. Hey, Nick, it's J.J. Stankovic with NBC Sports Chicago. What is What do you think your level of knowledge of the Bears' version of this offense is? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, obviously I have a foundation from when I was in Kansas City, and then we ran a different version in Philadelphia that was different than this. But that's the fun part is you get to um, bring that information that we did in Philly to Chicago and try to fine-tune it and develop and develop that um, Bears offense DNA. So, um, I'd say there's a there's a strong infrastructure there of knowledge of it. Um, it's just going to be talking to, you know, Coach Nagy about his coaching points and being on the same page and understanding how he wants it run. And he knows me. We've known each other since 2012. So, uh, But we've never been in a position like this where uh, he's the one calling plays as the head coach. That's unique because I was with Doug Peterson in Philadelphia, and I went through that there um, when he, you know, once was my, you know, QB coach. So um, it's nice to have that foundation. So it's by no means starting over with no knowledge of the offense. So um, definitely starting out on my two feet, and I'm excited to learn more about what they're doing. Um, it might be, you know, a few different terminologies and different run game and stuff like that, but I'll be able to understand it uh, decently well for to begin with. Hey, Mitch, this is uh, Cam, NBC, Cam Ellis, NBC Sports Chicago. Sort of on top of that, how familiar are you with, you know, the guys that, that are on the Bears offense right now, and sort of how have you been able to reach out to them sort of by, while being quarantined like this? 
Yeah, I think, you know, obviously with technology, you can text. So being able to text with some of the guys, but also trying to, you know, be respectful in the sense that I'm the new guy. I'm, I'm just trying to do a special team, and everyone's, you know, with their families right now. So I've been able to connect with a few of them. Um, obviously, uh, playing um, the Bears and occasionally seeing them on film based on if we play the uh, similar opponent, you know, you're able to see, you know, Allen Robinson and uh, Tariq Cohen and, you know, those guys. Uh, play they do a, do a nice job and but the big thing is I, I got to get I got to be in the huddle I got to be in the locker room to really see them up close and personal and see how everyone is but I'm excited for that opportunity whenever it comes because obviously we're um, in very you know interesting times in the world where there's a lot going on more so than football and you know that's where you know our focus should lie. Hey, Nick, this is Colleen Kane from the Chicago Tribune. What are the challenges for you coming to a new team when the off-season program is kind of uncertain and you don't know when you're going to see these guys in person? Yeah, I think the big thing is you always want to be around people. Uh, the, the thing I thrive in is, like, a, a great culture, um, good people, understanding, like, uh, the relationships and, you know, the, building those relationships. And, honestly, the off-season training time, um, is a huge part of that because you're you're working four days a week, you're grinding through it, and then you get a weekend. So you can hang with each other on the weekend. Some guys travel, but you can be with your family. But you're able to build, like, a foundation where you're not playing games on Sunday or Monday or Thursday um, during this time. So that, you know, that's different, but that's the time we're in. And thank goodness we have technology for that. And I'd say, you know, the reps, like getting reps with the guys, getting to see them run their routes, getting to talk with them through their routes. Um, different things like that, but you know you can you can pick up the you can get picked up to speed during training camp and uh, things like that. So I'm not I'm not worried about it. I'm, I'll be excited whenever we have an opportunity uh, to all be together. And then I think logistically, this is an extremely hard logistical move uh, during this time that you know you don't and everything everyone's going through crazy things right now. So everyone's on the same page. But you know my wife's pregnant and she's due in June and, you know, we have to figure out how to move the family from Florida and stuff like that. But it's all going to be possible just one day at a time. Um, and, you know, we're just going to, our big focus is just living in the moment right now and doing what we can to help society. And whenever we're able to go do the the football thing, we'll do that. And we'll, we'll thank the good Lord for that opportunity. But uh, that's a little bit of what's, what's on my heart when it comes to like what's going to happen. Nick, this is Larry Mayer with the Bears website. You talked about your excitement about competing for the job. How much does that stem from not only knowing the office, but being very familiar with at least three of the coaches? I would say uh, being able to be um, with, like, Coach Nagy's huge. That was a huge part of the excitement of this. Um, being, like, I, you know, where I've, I'm a huge believer in a strong culture equals a, a successful, you know, organization. And I'd say throughout my career, what I've experienced is that, um, you know, being with, you know, Doug Peterson and Andy Reid and Matt Nagy, I've seen what cultures can create. And it just makes people better. It makes them want to be in the facility. It makes them want this more than themselves. And um, that was a huge excitement. And then obviously being with, you know, Bill Lazor and John Filippo, coaches that I'm, uh, familiar with uh, is great because you're not getting to know everyone and they, they know me, I know them and we can sort of get a head start on those different things but you know being able to play for a head coach who's also the guy calling the plays and uh, that, that that's huge to me because and I go back to my time in like Philadelphia with Doug, you know Doug was the one calling the shots so if we want to go for it on person three, it's his decision he doesn't have to go through a head coach, he doesn't have to do those things and I, I like that because Doug and I had that foundation of a relationship 
This started all the way back in 2012 when he came down to Austin, Texas to work me out uh, during the, you know, before the draft. And then Matt Nagy was his quality control. So it's really cool how I've been able to play for all these different coaches that it all started in 2012 with the Philadelphia Eagles. So truly honored to be with Coach Nagy again. Hey, Nick, uh, Chris Summer with the score here in Chicago. Uh, I just want to know, you talked about that foundation you have within this offense. How do you build on that foundation between now and whenever you're able to get on the field? Yeah, I think the big thing is, uh, you know, I've started going through cut-ups. I'm writing down a ton of questions to, you know, ask the coaches just to make sure we're on the same page. A lot of them are just coaching points and make sure I understand how they're coaching it because I know how I've been coached in the past because you want to speak the same language to your teammates when you're, uh, giving them information. You don't want one guy saying one thing and another guy saying another. So I think using uh, technology in this time to uh, – I think if I, I can understand this offense, you know, just as good if not better than the coaches um, when you step in the huddle, then you're able to face adversity better because, you know, there's going to be times where Nagy calls the play and it's a different defense that it shouldn't be, and it's up to the quarterback to change the play. And most of the time he's probably going to put us in a great position, but that's part of – that complimentary football with your your coordinator and quarterback is being able to protect each other in those instances. So uh, during this time, we'll be building that foundation to where whenever we hit the ground running, uh, we can build on it and get going with that strong foundation. Nick, this is Hub Arkish from Pro Football Weekly and Shaw Media. What are your strongest memories of the 2018 wildcard win over the Bears, and, and what was your reaction when you saw that uh, double blank, we call it here? Yeah, uh, I mean, just being quite honest and not saying this because I'm I'm with the Bears now, and anyone who was on that Eagles team will tell you this the same thing. That was one of the toughest opponents I've ever faced um, from a team perspective. You could tell that their their culture, their energy, obviously playing in that stadium was amazing. Um, there was some swirling wind. I threw one ball, and that sucker like went back and forth, and ultimately Golden Tate came down with it. But I was like, geez, this is crazy. But uh, I think the biggest thing was I just remember playing that team and just realizing I come back to the I come to the sidelines it was the first time I saw us as an offense sort of you know rattled because we the defense was doing such a great job with switching it up and disguising and playing with great speed and doing all these different things and obviously as a team there well and it came down to the end to the double doink and. Uh, I just remember that being one of the more harder-fought games I had faced, if not the hardest-fought game I faced in my career. And that's not just saying that because, uh, you know, I'm on the Bears now. I just I just remember sitting in the locker room after that, like, completely exhausted, um, you know, and just being like, wow, I, that was a huge – because, I mean, if we, if we lose that game, I mean, the Bears could go all the way to win the Super Bowl that year, in my opinion. I thought they were that talented uh, and – so that, that's my honest opinion of that game, and it went down to the wire, obviously. It was a tough one for the Bears at the end, but amazing team we faced that day. Nick, Dan Reeder again. This might be two different paths, but why do you believe your bond with Matt Nagy is as strong as it is? And also, maybe, like I say, maybe this is a different path, but what about that year in Kansas City for you was, was revitalizing? When I went back to, so, I mean, it's well documented now. Um, after my year in St. Louis, I just, you know, I lost the joy of the joy of the game. And there was many reasons that caused that. We'll just leave it at lost the joy. We wrote a book about it. It's a lot more detailed than that. I won't get into it. We'll be on this call all day. 
Um, and when I decided to come back, it was to play for Andy Reid. And I just told Andy during that time, I'm like, listen, like there might be a, there's a little spark inside me that might still be there to, that loves playing football, but I got to be in the right culture to make that happen. And I, I believe, and Andy was the only one I wanted to play for. And I knew Nagy was there as well. And when I like landed, landed in the airport in Kansas city, uh, our uh, trainer took me to obviously to do my physical. And then he dropped me at Nagy's house. So I got to hang out with his family for, a while and he drove me to training camp and then we got to training camp we got to pick up some barbecue on the way and i think it's like an hour hour and a half drive and uh we got to training camp and you know this just sort of shows naggy i mean i had known him since 2012 and I, I was like man uh how do i get to the practice facility in the morning i need to get there and study film and sort of get this offense going because i hadn't been in that offense uh andy's version of it he's like hey just take my car i'll, I'll find another ride so he let me he lent me his car um, and then just being around Nagy, being in the room with them, talking with them, being with Alex Smith, being with Tyler Bray and those guys, it was being around the people. It had nothing to do with football. It had nothing to do with football. It had to do with the culture and the energy from the human beings that were with the organ- within the organization that allowed me to, four days in the training camp, I started loving the game. And this love of the game poured in. But the, the way I play the game, the way I look at the game has changed forever um, to where, like, when I step on the field, it's purely the glorify God and no one else. But to do that, like, it, it's, it's great to be in a culture that, like, everyone's in it together. Everyone loves and cares for each other. It's a brotherhood. It's genuinely a brotherhood and a family, um, which is hard to do in the NFL because there's a lot of other moving parts that sort of pull people away from that. And I think, you know, being around Matt that year was so much fun. It was fun going in the QB room and being with him and watching film just because of him as a person and what he represents. Um, so that year was one of my favorite years of football because of the people I was blessed to be around, and it had nothing to do with football. And ultimately, I got to play in two games that year, and we won both games. I played well, and it, but once again, like the love of football came back because of the people um, that I was stepping in the huddle with and going to work every day. So uh, that was it. Just shows you the type of person Matt is. And, uh, you know, I'm excited to once again um, have this opportunity. And it's amazing that it's happening, but, I, you know, I'm excited about it. Uh, I was curious, have you talked to uh, Trey Burton uh, since you signed uh, with the Bears? And, I'm, you know, he's kind of a little struggled to kind of be right, uh, you know, the last year or so. And I'm wondering if your familiarity with him and, and vice versa might help uh, bring the most out of him. Yeah, um, Trey and I, have, uh, we were actually at a couple things together earlier in the off offseason. Um, so we were able to catch up then. And uh, and then since this happened, we've been able to take back and forth. Um, and I know, obviously, he's been a little banged up. But he's a, when he's healthy, like most people, um, able to play at a very high level. level. It's, very, it's very difficult to play this game when you have a, you know, larger injury. I mean, we're always, as athletes, you know, stepping on the field with, you know, like I played with bruised ribs and strain this and strain that. That's part of the game, and we know that. But uh, when Trey's healthy, you know, he's a he's a really special player. He does some great things. I got to see it firsthand in Philly. Um, but it's been nice catching up. I mean, he he's done nothing but speak high praises of Coach Nagy and the organization. So it's uh, great to once again, you know, be uh, on the same team as him. Hey, Nick, this is Stacey Dales with NFL Network. Uh, congratulations, and I hope your family, you guys are all safe amidst the times we're in. Um, you know, you said you've watched some cut-ups. You've watched some tape, obviously. Uh, where do you think you can make a difference from, you know, just the 
philosophical standpoint on the field um, to, you know, to an offense that did struggle last year? Yeah, I think the big thing is, um, and I hope everyone is staying safe as well. Obviously, this is uh, crazy, crazy times. But uh, I also want to say that. So thank you. Um, but I think when, you know, ultimately, like, when I step into the huddle, like I, I said, it, it's about, like, that family atmosphere. It's about loving your teammates and caring. But with that, um, it's when you get into the game, being able to read, react, and play the game and feel the whole team and how you got to play. If I need to throw – uh, for close to 500 yards and four touchdowns, we will do it. If for some reason it's going to take us running the ball well and me throwing an efficient 150 yards, I'll do it with zero touchdowns. It doesn't matter. Um, and then also the checks, whether it be, you know, changing the concept, altering a route, talking to the guys about different things on the sidelines, being a leader um, by serving, um, by doing what's best for the team, uh, basically doing what, you know, I mean, unfortunately last year, you know, everyone – you know, the big thing is everyone will talk about, oh, it was a failure and this and that. But, you know, when I got to Jacksonville during OTAs and training camp, we, we, were, we were hitting on all cylinders and doing, a, and doing a nice job. And ultimately, you know, no one can expect you to go on IR after the second series of the, the season and then come back. So um, I, I feel like even now I'm a better player than I was in Philly based on the knowledge I, I have after going through this, uh, you know, year last year with a lot of adversity and a lot of trials. And, um, I felt like when I was in Philadelphia, I was playing my best football I'd ever played in my life in the sense of just understanding who I am as a player, understanding how I want to play the game uh, based on the situations. But it was a big part of that was I had Doug Peterson calling the plays, And Doug and I had an amazing relationship um, to where, like, I felt comfortable and I, I knew him. And, you know, that was a big part of it. And to be with, you know, Coach Nagy and um, obviously, I was with Coach Filippo last year, but Coach Filippo was my QB coach in Philly, and it was a, a different staff and everything. So I say all that to say so many moving parts that I, my hope is to get in this situation, and obviously it's a competition, but just to pick up sort of where I left off in Philly but be a better version of even that and just get this thing going because it, it takes every single person in that facility to be successful. It's not just about the quarterback, even though the quarterback has to play at a high level and I'm just excited to, you know, be a part of the team and help the team and help the culture and things like that. Hey, Nick, it's JJ Stankovic from NBC Sports Chicago again. You talked about wanting to know the offense better than Coach Nagy or as well as Coach Nagy and the benefits of that. But if this offseason is truncated or there are fewer practices than normal, what challenges would that present to you in terms of being able to learn the offense quickly to that point? Yeah, I think it's just, uh, you know, yeah, I take time every single day um, during this time where, you know, you're quarantined uh, to, I mean, there's a lot of other things going on in life as well, but just take time to study the film. I think the big thing when I'm watching the film and going through the plays is I'm not really jotting down what I know. I'm jotting down what I have questions about that I want clarity on. So um, it's really up to me to take the initiative to do those things. And there's nothing like learning by going through it and like, you know, practicing and making mistakes and learning from those and doing it right and, doing your footwork and being with the guys and learning their personalities. Cause I'm a big believer in this game is not about X's and O's. It's about people. You have to have great X's and O's and great game plans to give you a opportunity to succeed. But then ultimately it's about the players. So the part that will be the most difficult is we won't get the opportunity most likely to be with the players, but I can get the X's and O's down to where when we are together, there's not as much of a lag as there would be as if I didn't. So that's sort of how I'm approaching it during this time is taking time throughout the week to just continue to fine tune in and take those knowledges and then 
you know, eventually I'll probably go out there on air and just start saying the plays out loud and ripping them on my own. And uh, my brother-in-law played tight end in the NFL for, you know, five, six years. He'll spot catch from a safe social distance. Um, we'll disinfect the balls and do be good stewards in that situation. Um, but uh, that's sort of how I'm approaching it right now because you got to adapt. You can't just sit here and say, oh, I'm just going to wait till this is all over. No one knows what's going on or what's going to happen. So you got to, like I said, be in the moment today and do what you can in this moment to uh, be the best version of yourself. So that's what I'm going to do. Hey, Nick, it's Mark Grody with the score in Chicago. Just curious, did did you call Mitch or did Mitch call you? And what was what was that conversation about? Why did you guys speak? Yeah, you know, I felt like it was important to call Mitch and just introduce myself. We had met um, when we had played against each other, but that's different than this situation. And, uh, you know, the big thing was just to introduce myself and just say, like, I, I want to introduce, I'm excited to be your teammate, excited to work with you. Um, you know, obviously heard great things about him and just looking forward to the opportunity and just really just starting on the right foot instead of just letting, you know, coaches, uh, competition, all that's great, but like it can be unhealthy toward, with a team if it's like filled with a bunch of egos and different things like that. And trust me, I get the situation. Mitch has been there for several years. He's been the quarterback. Like I am respectful to that situation. Um, I'm going to go there and just be be the best support system I can for him, whatever we're doing. But then when I'm playing, I'm going to I'm gonna be me in the huddle. I'm going I'm to do what I have to do in the huddle to ex, uh, execute that play that Maggie calls at that moment. And, and ultimately, our goal is to help the Bears be the best team. But I thought it was important to uh, have a conversation um, just to get started on the right foot. And ultimately, we just keep going. Hi, Nick. This is Colleen Kane from the Chicago Tribune again. Um, just kind of along the same lines, how, how, what did you learn from your experiences in the past in quarterback rooms with Carson and Philly and last year in Jacksonville that can kind of help you handle this quarterback competition? Yeah, I think the big thing is you got to be able to, like, speak to one another and, like, have conversations and put everything on the table about what you're going through as a human being. Um, you know, we were able to do that. And, you know, because, I mean, at the end of the day, like, I would say that no matter what you do, especially in the NFL, there's a lot of egos. There is. There's a lot of egos. And uh, guys are very confident. Guys want to play. Guys want to be out there. And it, it, it's it's hard not to. I've gone through it as well as a human uh, a player. So I'm not I'm not saying I haven't. I have. Um, but that's where, like, I, I believe in humbling yourself before you walk through the door to do what's best for the team. And at times, that's extremely difficult. Like, I'm literally coming out of having to have gone through that last year multiple times. Um, so, but learn, going through those different quarterback rooms, I think the big thing is just uh, genuinely do your, do your best to support one another. Put it all out there. Example is, you know, I, there were several times last year where I pulled Gardner aside without the coach in the room, and him and I had a conversation with one another to make sure we did what was best for the team. And I, he knew I was going to support him, even though it might be a struggle for me at times because I want to be out there playing. Like, I'm going to support him and help, and I wanted to let him know that. So we're able to have those conversations like human beings should instead of letting stuff fester. Um, and it's as simple as that. Nick, with, with what you did individually at the end of 2017 and then obviously in the run through the playoffs, how would you characterize what Flip's role was in your success during that stretch? Yeah, I think the big thing is you said a lot of I and a lot of what I did. It wasn't what I did. It was what my teammates um, 
we all accomplished together um, when, you know, our backs were against the wall or when we were going through different things on a day-to-day basis. It was a culture that had been created uh, within Philadelphia when I was there. And sorry about my dog in the background. This is what happens when you're at home and not he's – a, he's a watchdog. He's barking at neighbors. But, uh, you know, I think the, the big thing is when you, when you can go through something uh, genuinely and care about one another – uh, it's amazing what can happen. I'd say the big thing in Philly was I had coaches that recognized, you know, my skill set apart from Carson's, and we were able to develop a game plan that I love, and I could go out there and play with my eyes closed. Um, and that was a huge part of it because there wasn't egos about it. It wasn't like he's going to run this version of the offense. Like, no, what can we do to put Nick in a position to succeed with his teammates? And, you know, that's why I love, you know, the coaches that I was with in 2017 is they were able to work through a game plan with me, having conversations to do that. And I'd say that was the biggest thing that I saw that led to success. It wasn't about the plays and you're going to run these plays. It was about coaches realizing, like, these are the players we have. These are the players in the position. What plays can we call to put them in position to be successful? And that's what I've seen every aspect of my life when it comes to football. Coaches that are that way are usually the more successful coaches uh, in the world. So. Hey, Nick, this is Stacey. A couple more questions. Nick, this is Stacy again. I'm just curious. You know, we we on the outside heard so many rumors through free agency about teams coveting and interested in you. Um, what was that process like for you, and when did it really crystallize that Chicago was your landing spot, or was it immediately from the jump that you were coming here? Well, I mean, it was it was a trade um, uh, to Chicago from Jacksonville. Um, so it was one of those things where uh, you know. I, once it became, you know, right before it became public knowledge, you're alerted that you're going to be traded and you're going to be traded to Jack or uh, be traded to Chicago. Um, that's when, you know, I sort of found out. We have time for one more question. Anything else? All right, thank you. I don't know if I answered that. If I answered that last question, like, is that the question you want? Is that the answer you you were looking for? That information, or was there something else within it? Yeah, you know, I was I was curious, Nick, because you know your voice was your name was thrown around so much, and yes, it was a trade, yeah. but it seems like just really the perfect fit with Chicago, given your relationship with not just Matt but the staff, as you talked about, but. Um, just really the timeline because we were all sort of waiting who are the Bears looking at from a quarterback standpoint, and your name was at the top of it, but just wanted some clarity on that. Yeah, I mean, with with a trade, I think the big thing about the trade that is the most intriguing that is my – I think everyone was sort of confused about was, you know, how it came to fruition. Well, once the trade sort of agreed upon, the, the, the final touch of the trade that made it happen was ultimately me agreeing to a restructure in my contract. Because if I don't agree to a restructure, I'm not traded. Um, so, therefore, I'm back in Jacksonville. And I think that this situation um, works best for the Jacksonville Jaguars and for the Chicago Bears and for me. This is ultimately what I felt like what was best based on a lot of information from this last season um, to where, you know, agreeing to a, a crazy restructure was necessary to allow me to go play for Coach Nagy and the Chicago Bears and, um, it's probably not the logistical move if you're looking at numbers and contracts and moving and all that stuff, but it was necessary based on my heart 
and a lot of prayer and thinking. And it was obviously a struggle. And, you know, we went to Jacksonville with, uh, you know, a lot of hopes. And I, I will say this, I, I, I don't have any regrets. I mean, we gave it every single thing we had the entire year. My wife and I, we gave everything we had. And we, we made a lot of amazing relationships in Jacksonville. And we learned a lot. We grew a lot as human beings by the trials we faced there. Um, but ultimately, uh, it was time and opinion to, to make a change. And it, it really worked best for both parties because I love Gardner. I think Jacksonville can build around Gardner. And now I have an opportunity to go to play for a team that I played a couple years ago that I honestly was one of the best opponents I ever played for, to be with a coach that was there with me from the beginning like Doug Peterson was. I got Matt Nagy. Um, and just be inside of this, you know, stadium that it reminds me of, like, all I've heard is, Man, it's you know obviously it's different than Philly, but the the fans are extremely passionate. They're they're loyal. They're gonna be crazy. The media is gonna be different. You know you're gonna hear about the media, and y'all get to know me. Like I'm not gonna get offended by questions. If y'all ask a silly question, I'll probably say it's a silly question and move on. Um, but I think everything about that was intriguing to where the restructure was a necessary move to make it happen. And I'm grateful for Jacksonville to allow it to happen because ultimately Dave Caldwell and Shad Khan had to allow me to be traded and we were able to work behind the scenes to have these conversations to to make it happen to where they'd be open to trading me. Um, and then ultimately it came down to the, uh, the restructure and everything like that. But it took every single party being on the same page and allowing this to happen. So... Um, I'm very excited about this opportunity. There's a lot that has to happen. And once again, it's not about me. Um, everyone's excited, quarterback this, quarterback that. It's about the Chicago Bears. It's about helping this team and this city uh, be successful. So truly grateful to be here. Um, ultimately, we're going to pray and do what we can in this time to help different communities um, throughout this. But just honestly, thank you all for taking the time this morning to ask me questions. And it will be nice to see you all face-to-face -to, -face to have these conversations. Um, in the future.